Welcome, and thanks for joining us for A Word from the Park, sermons offered by leaders of the Park Avenue Christian Church in New York City. I am going through a trial right now that you all know about, many of you do, so I won't delve into it now, but my trial does start, literal trial, a week from tomorrow, so thank you for your prayers there. And because of this, my angels have decided to surround me with love and support in ways that I usually push and set aside. I don't know if you're like me, but it's really easy to give love. It's really easy to show up for other people, but I like to keep people at bay when they try to do the same for me. And I don't think there's anything faithful in that, but it is my way. And they pushed me. They pushed me this week to receive their love for my birthday. So we went down uh, to City Winery right on Pier 26 and sat outside because that's COVID safe. And these folks ministered to me in a way I want to share with you. There were four of us, and each person, each of the three, offered me something that I think was so profound that it was God sent. So I can't just hoard it to myself. I'm going to share you their three lessons of wisdom, as I hope that will be a blessing to you. The first lesson. Again, as we all go through our trials, we asked one of our friends, because we had all been through something similar that was quite difficult, and one of us hadn't been through it. And so we asked him, how is it that you have somehow avoided what the rest of us have suffered so recently. And he said, you know what? I wasn't available for it. And we said, what? You weren't available for it? It's not like you get to choose whether or not you go through a trial or a particular hardship. How were you not available for that? What does it mean? And he said, well, I'm just not available for that particular trial. And his clarity changed me. And I started to think about the sorts of things that I make myself available for. And I did an exercise that maybe you've heard me invite you to do, and it's good to do all the time. But I went into my calendar, and I looked at the obvious availabilities, right? The things that I have made time for meetings and time for pastoral care for people and conversations, time to write, time, you know, the things that are on a calendar. And that was one set of availabilities I had. And then I said, you know what, if I really want to take a deeper look at my availability, I should also look at the things that aren't on the calendar. What kind of conversations am I having? How much time do I give to that? To things that I wouldn't necessarily schedule but happen anyway? So I added those to the calendar in a different color. And then I said, well, what kind of availability am I making in my mind? And that's where my friend was pushing me. What are the thoughts that occupy the space between awake and asleep and waking up and going back to sleep? How much availability do I give to things in that space? Because that tends to be the set of intentions in our lives. That is the place where we exhaust ourselves, literally, because we're not resting. And As I examined those availabilities, 
I started to really see where there needed to be growth. And I needed to examine that. I invite you to do the very same thing. What are you making yourself available for? And in all of that, how much of the availability goes to God? How much of that? And I'm going to come back to that point in a moment. But just think about that. Availability was one of the profound points that I heard about right there. And I decided to challenge myself, as my friend inspired me to, to be intentional about my availability, to do the things that are right and good with my time, but also to be super intentional about what I make in my brain space available. Because so much can infect that, right? So much can pollute our thinking so that it drags us down and takes over, and it leaves less room to celebrate all God is up to in our lives, to feel rest and satisfaction. And that is not what God intends for us. This is why God says, be in continual prayer. And when we're in continual prayer, there is availability for God, but not for the things, right? Or as the recovery community says, don't let somebody live rent-free in your head. We make availability for those who have paid to be there, and that is God. God has done it all. So I invite you to think about your spiritual availability. Does that sound clear? All right, point two. And as we talked about our own availability challenges, Another friend asked me in this particular trial I'm facing, she said, what does support look like to you? And I said, well, um, you know, I named a couple things, very low bar things. And I said, well, you know, caring, I, I love caring. And she said, okay, well, what does caring look like? And I said, well, maybe a phone call. And she said, okay, well, what does that phone call feel like? And I said, uh, good. And she said, okay. And as you're thinking about feeling good, what does the picture in your mind look like? Like, uh, what, what do you see outside the window? How is your breath? What's beautiful that you can see? And what do you want to sort of set aside? And as she kept asking and asking and asking these questions to probe, what I realized was that she wanted me not just to have a vision but to connect that vision to an image, an intention that is clear and specific. And I think a lot of us hear the commandments or the ideas that we should have a vision, which well we should, but we also need to have specifics around it. You may have heard me say before that I talked to a lot of couples uh, who are getting married for the first time, and it's one of the great privileges of my work and one of the things that's especially challenging for someone going into something that's brand new to them, like marriage, is that they have a really clear set of images about the things that lead up to marriage. Well, there will be an engagement party, and these things will be there. This is the food we'll have, et cetera, right? That kind of specificity is important. There will be a wedding, maybe, where we'll all get together, and this will be the exact guest list, and these will be the flowers and colors, blush and bashful. Like, we get into those sorts of specifics, but very little instruction or help is given to people to understand then what's the vision. Once you're married, there's no more wedding, no more parties that you have planned. 
how do you get to where John and Jen Seen are to celebrate you know, decades of marriage? How do we get there? What does that look like? How does it taste? How does it feel? What's the smell of good marriage? We want to be sensually intentional about our visions. We need to have a sense of what it looks like so that we know when we're not there, when the picture is all wrong and it goes blurry. When we have that, then we can set our purpose more intentionally. Our availability changes because it's not on vision, right? Our availability changes and how we prioritize everything changes, which takes me to point three. And that pulls us into the New Testament, where time is challenged, at least the typical nature of time. And there is chronos time. That's the Greek word, chronos, which is the root of the word, word like chronology, right? Chronos time is measurable and it's specific. A second is always a second. And you go from there, right? It's the time you would see usually typically on your calendar. And we as humans have a tendency to live almost exclusively in chronos time, but the challenge is that God doesn't. That is, chronos time is ours, that is earthly. God's time is what is called kairos. So when we're talking about God's time, which is eternal, alpha and omega, it is not chronologically thought or conceived, it is kairos time. And the very fascinating and beautiful thing that we think about when we pull those together through our earthly existence is that we always have one foot in Kronos and another in Kairos. We're just not always aware of it. And that's the challenge. That is the spiritual discipline. When Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand, it is present, it is here. This is exactly what Jesus is talking about. We are co-inhabitants already in earth and already in heaven. And so that when we die, all we do is switch out of the Kronos realm and into the full-time Kairos realm and the eternal. Do you see that? Is that simple enough? And when we are facing trial, and this is the thing, in God's time, in God's space, in God's intentions, everything is for God. Everything is what God intends. It's not the earth where things happen that God does not like. In Kairos time, in heaven, everything, all the celestial things are right and good and true and just. So when you're in Kairos time and when you take a minute to step into it, there you don't have any trials. You don't have any tribulations. You have no worries. You have no needs, they are all met. And so you, as a co-inhabitant of both spaces, have the opportunity in every moment of your life, in any breath that you take, to make a decision to step into God's time. Where there's healing, where death and dying are no more, where the grave has no sting and death has no victory. And that is the last point I will make today, which is mine. My friends made the first three, and I will make this final one, which is, I hope, God's, and it's certainly what Paul was getting at. Victory means getting all those things right. 
setting your intention, living in God's vision for your life, knowing yourself as God intends, being as much as you possibly can in Kairos space, Kairos time, recognizing that heaven is yours, recognizing that no matter what is happening over there, right here, you're already healed. You're already victorious. Things have been set aside for your joy, your delight, and your satisfaction. You are a heavenly being right there and right now. And so the invitation to live into that victory is to recognize that that is yours. It's your birthright. It is your chance to step away from any challenge you're facing, take a break with God, and then get back onto the Kronos stuff we have to do as long as we take breath. Does that make sense? And my hope for you, and my challenge to you and to me, is to make your availability kairos, make your vision heaven, make your time gods. And with that, we actually are practicing victory. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're glad you could join us for A Word from the Park. Please follow us for more episodes and tell your friends and loved ones how they too can hear A Word from the Park. You can also find us at www.parkavenuechristian.com.